In Matthew chapter 6, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, Don't worry about your life, what you will eat and drink. Don't worry about your body. Uh, and don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow can worry about itself. Every day has enough trouble of its own. Awesome. Okay. Easier said than done, Jesus. Okay. And he basically gives us three reasons in that text for why we shouldn't worry and fear. Uh, this is Matthew 6, 25-34. He says, number one, worry doesn't help. Right? You can worry about something for your whole life, and worry doesn't actually accomplish anything. Right? Then he says, next, uh, you should have more faith. It's the pagans that run around and chase after all this stuff, and you're not supposed to be like that. You're supposed to be a people of great faith who rely upon God. Uh, and then he says, if you will focus on Jesus, the rest will work itself out. This is the seek ye first the kingdom, and all these things will be added unto you part, right? So Jesus gives us three basic reasons for why we shouldn't worry and fear. Okay? And as we talked about the last couple of weeks, I personally find this to be one of the most convicting and one of the most difficult lessons to live out in all of Scripture. Um, I personally haven't struggled a lot recently with the command, thou shalt not kill. Right? Um, but I've struggled a lot with the command, don't worry. Don't be afraid. I have lots of worries and fears. I've let those worries and fears hold me back in life and keep me down. Uh, but I don't want to live that way anymore. Um, I have told you my personal New Year's resolution for 2020 is to fear less. Uh, and I think I'm not alone in needing to make that my resolution. Is that fair? We've been here the last few weeks. We've talked about this. We're doing kind of a, a mini-series on fear itself um, and why we don't need to be afraid. Hey, and so last week we started this uh, by looking at one of our big fears, which is the fear of loss. Okay, what if I lose my family or my job or my health or any of the other things that I hold most dear to my life? Okay, I don't mind some sacrifice and some struggle, okay, but some losses are just too painful. Okay, and what we talked about last week is that even though following a crucified Savior will often result in great losses, what we can never lose vastly outweighs the things that we can lose. Okay, so if you were here last Sunday, here's kind of our main takeaway. Okay, I can live in hope and not fear if I will live into the things that can never be taken away from me. Okay, if I will keep my focus on the things that, that actually matter, uh, the things that will never be taken away from me, then I can live in hope and not fear. All right, the second fear that I want us to think through is related to the first, but it's a little bit different, uh, and that is the fear of an unknown future. All right, and there are a lot of different ways that we can look at this, and you might well argue that all fear is really a fear of the unknown, including last week, the fear of loss, uh, and I don't think I would disagree with you, but I think there are some unique things about this particular fear that are worth us exploring this morning, a few different ways this might look, and I'm going to limit my list to three different fears of an unknown future, even though we could probably make a lot longer list, and your list might look a little different than mine. Uh, nevertheless, I'm the one with the clicker, so I get to make this list, all right? All right, number one uh, is fear of an unknown world future, okay, uh, unknown political future. You know, I vividly remember September 11th, 2001, Right? The day the World Trade Centers fell, 
Um, I remember sitting in a coffee shop on campus at OC watching this happen, uh, and I remember the amount of fear that gripped all of us as we were watching this. This was the first major world event that happened in my adult life, um, and I, I just remember everyone was afraid, okay? And we were afraid because we didn't know what was happening, right? We didn't know if we were at war. We didn't know if there would be more attacks. We just didn't know what all the implications from this were, and so there was a lot of fear because we really just didn't know, right? Um, this week, like many of you, I have followed the goings-on in Iran and Iraq, uh, and I watched Twitter basically explode in fear for the same reasons we were all afraid back in 2001. Okay, we were afraid because the future is unknown, right? And part of my fear um, is that every major world empire in the history of the world has fallen at some point, okay? And we are part of the major world empire today, uh, and I hope that America lasts for a whole lot longer. I believe it'll last for a whole lot longer, but we won't really know, right? And there's no way for us to know. I don't know what our political future will look like, and neither do you. Uh, I read a survey this week, just thinking about different fears, I was kind of, I, I did a, a search for what are the biggest fears in the world over, right? Just getting outside of America, what's the biggest fears in the rest of the world? Um, and 50% of the countries surveyed said that their single biggest fear was climate change. Uh, regularly in surveys taken here in America, one of the biggest stressors on high school students is fear of climate change. Okay, now, again, whether you think that's something we really ought to be afraid of or not is irrelevant. The fact is we are largely afraid of that because we don't know what the future is going to look like. It's fear of an unknown, right? We don't know what our future is going to be, and so that causes us fear and anxiety. Fair enough? All right. Second fear with the unknown uh, is fear of an unknown personal future. If we get past the, the global fears and fears of what's going on in the world over, I just think about the fears that are unknowns that are coming up in the future for me and my family, right? I don't know what next year is going to look like for me or my family. I don't know what 10 years out from now is going to look like for me and my family. And so I know Jesus says tomorrow has enough worries of its own, but I got to think about what tomorrow's going to bring, right? Uh, just this week, we had a meeting at Luke's school uh, where we were talking to his teachers about what next year is going to look like for him because he's supposed to move to middle school, and that causes me a lot of anxiety. Okay, at the school he's at now, he already knows where he's supposed to go. He knows what he's supposed to do. All the teachers there know him. Everything's comfortable and familiar, but next year is a whole big unknown. That causes me angst. What if he doesn't know where he's supposed to go? One of the big things in sixth grade is they move classes. How is he going to handle all that? I don't know. It's an unknown. Uh, we all have experiences like that. We often fear change, even in the likelihood that it's a good change, because, right, better the devil you know than the unknown. Whether you're like Ty and Emily and you're looking forward to having a new baby coming soon, it's an unknown, right? Uh, Titus has talked a lot about the amount of anxiety he's carrying with that. Okay? Uh, I've talked to some of the rest of you who are facing empty nests for the first time, okay? There's a lot of fear and anxiety about that. What if me and my spouse don't actually like each other that much? We've just been together for the kids all these years, right? Uh, whatever life stage you're in, you know there's another one coming, and that fears us with anxiety and fear because we don't really know what it's going to look like yet. It's fear. All right. Uh, number three on my list, and this is the big one for so many of the people that I talk to, um, and as I told you guys before, I did a big Facebook 
um, questionnaire asking people to tell me what their biggest fears were. And one of the ones that came up a lot out of people that responded to me was this fear, number three, and that is fear of an unknown eternal future. Okay, the reason that we are here this morning is that we believe that Jesus died and rose again, conquering death, so that we can have eternal life. Okay, I have dedicated my professional life to this truth. I'm raising my children to believe this truth. I'm putting all of my eggs in the Jesus basket in the belief that someday Jesus is going to come back to this earth and we will get to be a part of a kingdom that never ends, right? But what if I'm putting all my eggs in the Jesus basket and it's the wrong basket? What if there is no heaven? What if Christianity got it wrong? After all, I consider myself incredibly lucky to be born into a Christian home with parents that drug me to church whether I wanted to go or not. But I know that if I'd been born in some other parts of the world, right, if you were born in Tibet or an Amazon village somewhere or any number of places around the world, odds are you wouldn't be a Christian. The majority of people in this world are not Christians, and the main reason that I am one is because it's all I've ever known. It's what I was raised in. Just because it's a belief system that I've had all my life doesn't make it true, right? At the end of the day, while I have certain beliefs about what happens after I die, I have never been there before, you've never been there before, and you don't really know either. I have faith, but it's just that. It's faith. All right. Um, Have I made us uncomfortable enough? All right, we'll, we'll keep going. So, in order to talk about this particular fear, fear of an unknown future, I want us to look at a story from Genesis chapter 12, which I contend that Genesis chapter 12 is one of the most important chapters in the entire Bible. Uh, That first paragraph of Genesis 12, so much is going on in that paragraph, it is incredibly important. And in this, we see a wonderful example of somebody who did really well living into an unknown future. Obviously, I'm talking about Abraham. Uh, Notice what happens, Genesis chapter 12, starting in verse 1. It says, The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they'd accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. All right, this passage is one of the many uh, stories from Abraham's life that we so often point back to is one of the prime examples for what good faith should look like. Uh, We always uphold Abraham as the example of excellence of what faith is. Okay, we read earlier a passage from Hebrews where Abraham is one of the key people listed in that Faith Hall of Fame passage where we talk about you want to have faith? Look at Abraham. Hey, and I think about what's going on here in this text. God shows up one day and says to Abraham, Abraham, I want you to go. Abraham says, okay, Where are we going? God says, I'll tell you when we get there. And what does he do? He goes. 
He has no idea what's going on. God just says, go, and I will tell you when we get there. And he steps into the unknown. He does it in faith. He takes his wife. He takes his nephew. He takes his possessions. And he just goes. Okay? And, and part of the reason that I point to this story as an example for how to get past our fear is because the first point that I want to make for how do we get past our fear of the unknown is exactly that. Okay, If you're taking notes, write this one down. Okay? How do we get over our fear of the unknown? Number one, go. Go. Right? I don't know what all the uncertainty, the fear, and the anxiety that Abraham felt about God calling him to go, go to this new land, bear this covenant. Okay, but I do know that Abraham gathered up his stuff and he went. You know, I did a, a bunch of research into the psychology of fear in preparation for the sermon series, read a bunch of different articles about what causes us fear, how do, how do psychologists talk about fear in different ways. And there were two things that came up repeatedly in my reading that I think bear a lot of relevance to this, right? And the first thing that I thought was interesting, we're actually going to talk more about this next week when we get into some more personal fears. Yeah, but the first thing is what's called imposter syndrome. Any of you ever heard of that before? Okay, uh, imposter syndrome is where you feel like an imposter or a fraud and that you don't really know what you're doing. You're just kind of faking your way through it. Okay, uh, And that one of these days, someone is going to figure out that you don't really know what you're doing and that you won't be able to fake it anymore. Uh, any of you ever feel like in your you know, work or your marriage or even at church, you don't really know what you're doing. You're just kind of faking it along. Yeah. Uh, one example of this that I came across is Academy Award-winning actress Kate Winslet, even after winning all of the awards, has said in interviews that she doesn't feel confident in her acting ability at all, that all she's doing is faking it, and people keep giving her new roles. Um, and I guess when you're an actress, you really are just kind of faking it, right? But she doesn't have any real confidence in what she's doing. She feels like she's just... She just keeps doing it, and that one of these days, they, whoever they are, is going to figure out that she's just faking it, and that it's all going to go away, all right? That's imposter syndrome. That makes sense? A few of you are really nodding at me. Some of you are looking at me like you have no idea what's going on at all. All right. Um, I, I came across another study. They did interviews with graduate students and Ph.D. students. And somewhere along the lines of 75% of people in graduate programs feel like they're faking it. Okay, they feel like they're not really smart enough to be in the program, but somehow they got in, and so now they're just faking their way through it. And now again, all these people are eminently qualified to be doing the thing that they're doing, but they don't feel like they're fully qualified, and so they're imposters, right? That's imposter syndrome, okay? You ever heard the phrase, fake it till you make it, Right? That holds a lot of water. And one of the things that all these psychological studies I was reading said is, is if you keep doing it long enough, eventually you do belong in that group, right? And that's how it works. Uh, the way you get through this is you don't wait until you feel completely confident in what you're doing. The way that you get through it is to just go. You know, I've told you before that in my own life, uh, the thing that almost kept me out of ministry was the fear of public speaking. Uh, there's no way in the world that I will ever be able to get up in front of a group of people and preach. That's just not going to happen. And, and you can question my qualifications all day long. That's fine. Um, but at least I'm not nervous about it anymore. All right? Uh, and the way that I got through it wasn't by waiting until I was over my fear of public speaking. The way you get over a fear of public speaking is you just go. You do it. And if you do it long enough, eventually you're not nervous about it anymore. 
Okay? So first way you get over your fear of the unknown is to go. All right, the second kind of sub-point of this, second thing that came up in my research on fear uh, is this idea that you let the movie play out. Okay? Uh, there are different names for this, depending on where you're reading, but this was the one that I liked. Okay, a lot of our fear of the unknown is that we never really define what could go wrong. It just sort of remains this ephemeral fear over here that we never really put legs on, we never really define. Okay, and the idea with let the movie play out is, okay, in your mind, watch what would happen if the worst should happen. Okay, in other words, so if I'm worried about Luke going to middle school, well, what's, what am I really worried about happening? Well, what if he were to go and try to change classes and he didn't know where he was supposed to go, he ends up in the wrong class, what would happen? Well, some adult would find him and take him back where he's supposed to be, right? And if you actually let the movie play out in your mind, if you actually play out what the narrative would look like all the way through to the end, it's not usually nearly as bad as what that fear is that you're holding on inside of you, okay? That can work in any scenario, right? So you let the movie play out. Whatever it is you're afraid of, think, okay, well, what if it really does all go wrong? What would that look like? And you keep playing it out until you get to a place where then it's okay again. And then you realize, oh, well, if that's what it was, I could do that, right? That all, that all makes sense? All right. So the first thing to do to get through the fear of the unknown is to go. Uh, the second way we get over our fear of the unknown, again, I left you blank to write this down, is to lean into what we do know. Okay, lean into what we do know. You know, Abraham didn't need to know everything. He didn't need to know where he was going. He didn't need to know what the next few years of his life were going to look like. He didn't need to know when he was going to have a son. He didn't need to know any of the details he would have liked to know. But what he did need to know was the promises of God. Because right? God told Abraham that he would bless him and that he would be with him. Okay? He didn't need to know what his future looked like with any exactness, but he did need to know that God would be with him. All right, The ultimate way that we talked about getting through our fear of loss is you focus on what you can't lose. Okay? The way you get through the fear of the unknown is you focus on what you do know. Right? So, you know, I don't know what will happen to the United States in the future, okay, but I do know that I'm part of a kingdom that will never end, right? I don't know what my life will look like 10 years from now, but I know how God's always been with me in the past, so I have faith that he'll continue to be with me in that same way in the future, okay? That's what I do know. You know, I don't know what eternity looks like, okay, but I do know all the promises that God has made to us that he'll take care of those who belong to him, and so I don't have to know exactly what it's going to look like, okay? The primary way that you and I will get over our fear of the unknown is if we continue to live into the parts that we do know. All right. Uh, I want to end this morning with one verse. This is from Hebrews chapter 2, just because I think it summarizes part of this just so well. This is Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 to 15. It says, Since the children have flesh and blood... He too, talking about Jesus, shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. So Jesus came to this world, he lived and he died for us, conquered death so that you and I no longer have to fear death. 
man, if we can believe that, if we can believe that ultimate promise of God, then I really don't have anything I need to be afraid of. Is that fair? All right. Uh, at this time in our service, we're going to sing a couple of verses of an invitation song. During the singing of this song, I will be down front. One of our shepherds will be down front. This is a time in our service where we want to be here for you as a church. We would love to talk with you or pray with you about anything that's going on in your life. And before we sing that song, I'd like to close us with a word of blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you and give you peace. Let's stand and sing.